Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. I want to talk to you about what God's doing and what I feel like what we have to be prepared for for the coming year. And I believe we could really sum that up in the word change. God's going to bring a lot of change. And we've already seen change, and God's not finished with that change. There's going to be more change around the corner. You might be tired of change, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of like, um, it's not that I'm tired of change. I'm sort of tired of sort of being stuck. I'm like, I keep, I, I'm looking forward to change. And um, I would just say, too, some of the change might present difficulties. You know, we want change. We, we want everything to turn around and Everybody is going to be just so happy, no problems. I'm not sure that's what's going to, the way it's going to happen. You know, the Bible said there's going to be tribulations in this world. So there might be a whole lot of difficulties. In fact, we might have more difficulties in our nation than we've ever had in our lifetime. Um, you don't know. You don't know that. And, um, but the encouragement that I want to give to you is, in the midst of that, God is doing something and we need to stay close to God and get peace in the middle of whatever is going on around us. But beyond getting the peace, we need to get perspective. We need to see what God's doing. We need to connect with that and be ready to enter into the new things that He brings our way, right? Now, going from the Christmas story into the new things, which, was, which happened to all these people, you know, it's such a great illustration, I believe, for us of, of going into the new. So I want to I sort of play off of the Christmas story today since we're just sort of coming out of the season when we're talking about that and, and start talking about uh, using that of, 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 to bring about how God brings about change. But I want to give you this as a little bit of an example. Think about this, okay? So at the Christmas story, what happens? It's been dead. It's just been dark and nothing's happening. For hundreds of years, it looks like God's not been speaking. Now, if you go behind the scenes, you hear these little people like Simeon and Anna. And these are old men and women of God that have been praying. They're hearing from God but I, I can almost guarantee you nobody's listening to him. Anna's probably been saying for years that the Messiah is coming. Simeon's probably been telling for people for years, God's told me I'm going to see the Messiah before I die. You know, and people are like, oh, he's, oh, he's been saying that for years, right? But he's hearing from the Lord. He's got a vision. But really, that was, that was so, uh, you know, rare. There was no major prophetic word of the Lord, no major prophetic individual raised up, no voice of God going forth that was just shaking the earth. And so out of what seemed like darkness, it was what people have called like 400 years of silence. Again, I'm emphasizing that in that silence, yes, they were still hearing God if they were seeking him. But it was like, it looked like God wasn't doing anything. For all those years, it looked like God wasn't doing anything. And then, boom, here comes this baby. It's an amazing thing. And who does the baby come to? Mary and Joseph. These are not like these big-name people. They weren't ministers. They weren't big-name showy people. And you know what? They've got this amazing call of God, and they don't feel like they have to go show it. 
hey, we are the mother and father of the son of, we are so important. No, look at the humility that they lived with in their lives. They were living sort of like poor people, if you, you know, to be honest with you, for a lot of that. But I just want you to think about that. You see, uh, most people run after significance thinking they need to do something that everybody's going to acknowledge as something great. Oh, look, so-and-so's done something so great. Oh, look how they've risen up the ladder. Look how successful they are. Wow, I want to be like them. God's not into that at all. God's not imp- care. He doesn't care about the people you want to impress. And I would encourage you, don't try to impress people. He's looking for the people that want to do His will, that are willing, that are obedient. And anyway, that's what He finds in Mary and Joseph. Some, some this small, <laughs> what we would think would be insignificant people. But God doesn't see any of us as insignificant. And I would just tell you, get your eyes off of what men is, are trying to, to pump you with as far as vision is concerned and dreams, what you get on television, what you see on social media. All that stuff does is lie to you, distract you, and get you off course, right? Success can get you off course. You go, well, there's nothing wrong with success, and God wants to make me successful. Well, yes, praise God, but I'm just telling you there can be a danger in it too if you're not careful, amen? So anyway, I'm just saying praise God for success. I'd never talk negatively about it. I'm just saying that it, it's not the major goal in life, amen? The goal is to walk with God, to fulfill God's purposes. You know, it's an amazing thing. Think about Joseph's life, and we're going to look at Joseph, but one thing that's just coming to my mind right now is, look at this man. He never made it to much of a success in anybody's eyes. He's bringing up this child that is the Son of God, but he never even sees him get into his ministry. As far as Joseph's concerned, he just is living like any other child. Joseph dies even before that happens, right? He didn't even get to see the fulfillment of it. But he did his part. He did his part. And it's amazing. He's simple. What did he do? He was a good father. He took care of his son. He was a part of the Christian community, or so to speak, the believer's he was a, you know, he was a man of God. He was just. He was righteous. He lived up to his standards. Don't worry about having a name. You do your part. And it's amazing how God will use you in heaven. We're going to see everybody's part. And it's going to be so amazing. We're going to go, wow, look how God used you. And you're going to go, yes, I know. I didn't even realize all that I was being. It's just amazing. We're all going to be like that if we've walked with the Lord. Anyway, so I just want to encourage you in this. And what I want to do, actually, let me back up here. Let me, <laughs> I started sharing something and, and got off course. But you see, when, look at that little, how this change began with a baby. Nothing looked different. Everything looks the same, right? Even J- Joseph and Mary, you just would think, you know, it's going to be a glorious experience every day. It wasn't that way, you know. It just seemed like a mundane day, you know, like, just or, in, or in, they went through difficulties as well if you read the story and then what happens after that like 30 years later is the next stage 30 years later boom something happens 30 years later i bet mary's going lord when you're going to do this you know a lot of these guys got in ministry 
Jesus' disciples were mostly under 20. They were in their teens. You know, so people did things younger back then. And she was probably going, God, when are you going to do something? Lord, when are you going to do something? <laughs> and after 30 years, here comes John the Baptist on the scene, the beginning of something else. You see, think about this. God does something. He's got a plan. In between his plan, look how it looks dark. Do y'all see that? It looks like God's not doing anything, even though the plan's already started. You see, we have to be willing to walk through those times when it looks like God's not doing anything. And we have to know there's a timing to when God's next thing is going to come into play. And we need to be ready so that we're going to be in the right place when that time comes. The Bible talks about the end times. And, and Jesus was preaching about the end times and over and over. He said, make sure you're awake. Make sure you're ready. Make sure that you have oil. Make sure that you haven't fallen asleep. Why would you fall asleep? Because sometimes it looks like God's not doing anything. It's just walking the day in and day out kind of thing. But I guarantee you, there's a lot of big things on God's timetable that are getting ready to happen. It's going to be amazing when they come to pass. And you need to line yourself up so you'll be exactly where God wants you to be when that thing happens. So that you can flow along with it. So anyway, you got 30 years and boom. Then, you got, then, then you've got... About three and a half years later, oh, excuse me, back, let me back up. You got John the Baptist, then you got Jesus' ministry. Then you've got the disciples, they're out there ministering. Then you've got the seven, and you've got more and more. Man, this thing's taking momentum. And, and then guess what is God's next big thing? The crucifixion. Man, whoa, this is an amazing adjustment. You see, I want you just to get a picture because this is like a picture of what happens when we're walking with God. Oh, God, you know, we have a dream, and then something happens, and then I, yes, it's coming together. Yes, there's Messiah, and then boom, he's crucified, and everybody's, you have no idea what's going on. God, what in the world are you doing? Oh, everybody's devastated. People's hope, they're broken. People's faith are destroyed, so to speak, like, oh, mm -mm, I'm never going to believe again. In fact, all the disciples, look how hard it was for them to believe. It's because they had been so disappointed. They did not want to believe. You know, like I, that was so painful what I just went through. I don't even want to believe anymore. You see, I'm telling you, this happens to people over and over and over. We begin to believe God. God does something. Then sometimes there's a wait, and then God moves. You begin to see something happen, and you get excited about it. And then guess what? Sometimes those things where God was moving just, boom, dies. It dies. But you know what Jesus said? If something uh, doesn't die, it won't bring forth the kind of fruit it needs to bring forth. He said, just like a kernel of corn, when it dies, guess what happened? It produces much fruit. Sometimes God gives something and then it dies. And it's like, it's out of that comes much fruit. And there's such a truth in that. I'm getting so off course today, but I just want to flow with this. You know, you just think about this. I, I want to just mention this. You know, often in life, God gives us things and we begin to grow in it, grow in the move of God, grow in what God's doing. And then God wants to do a work in us and he wants to put to death some things. Death to the flesh is really what it is. And sometimes that can be devastating. And sometimes it looks so bad. And it, it just seems so painful. But what we're going through, actually, what God wants to do is to bring the flesh 
under control and break pride in our lives, break hope that we've had in ourselves and our own ability and our own power in certain things happening. He wants to break those kinds of things to where we and our pride are broken, but our trust and our faith is only in God, you see. And when we might have had a, a little bit of God do, working in us and a lot of our own effort after it's done, it's all God and all that we do, we still give effort, but now our dependency is completely in God and God does so much more after we've had that death process happen to our flesh. Anyway, what an illustration here. So Jesus dies. Man, that's the next thing. And then soon after, three days, you got the resurrection. Boom. You see how, boom, God's got these things planned. God's got these timed events planned, right? So then there's the next, there's the resurrection. Then you've got 50 days later, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, another huge move of God. You see how many, I mean, these move of God's were just huge, you see, and how he put them all together. And each one of them changed everything. I mean, I just could imagine being a disciple at that time. It's like, boom. Oh, he must be the Messiah. And then they start seeing miracles. And then, boom, he's crucified. He's dead. You, I mean, your whole world's broke. And then, boom, he res- he's resurrected. <laughs> I mean, think about that. They're going, oh, he's resurrected. And then Jesus is trying to explain about the kingdom for 40 days. And then he goes away and then, boom, the Holy Spirit comes. They've never seen this kind of, I mean, look at all these changes that are going on. We've not seen change anything like we're going to see. And it's going to shock everybody. And we're going to go, whoa, how did God do that? Wow, I had no idea that was going to happen. Sometimes we'll be discouraged maybe because we don't understand what's going on. But God's going to bring about change and it's going to be amazing and wonderful and it's going to bring us into alignment with what God's will and purpose is. Man, Pentecost came. It was the most crazy thing they've ever seen in their life. Could you imagine this? These are people where for years it had been dark and then you had some miracles happen, but then the Holy Spirit gets poured out. People begin to speak in tongues, and everybody's going, what in the world is that? Hey, these guys aren't crazy, Peter says. It's just early in the day. This is the Holy Spirit. This is God moving, right? And then, and then it was amazing what began to happen. Then the church begins to flow. Years later, guess what? There's another move of God, and boom, now the Gentiles, they could not have imagined this was for the Gentiles too. They thought it was just for the Jews. And, you know, you had to become a Jew to be a part of this. So you want to, but now they're like, no, you didn't even have to become a Jew. You don't have to become a Jew. You just need to accept Christ. I mean, it's amazing all the changes that were taking place. So anyway, I believe we're in a season where it might look like nothing's happening. But God's moving behind the scenes. And there's a lot of change that's getting ready to happen. And I want to ask you, are you ready for change? Are you ready for what God's getting ready to do? You see? Are you ready to, to let go of what you, whatever God says you need to let go of? Are you, able to, are you ready to take a step on the water to someplace you've never been, to do something you've never done before? Are you so stuck in the old that you're, you're, you, know, you can't be pried out of it? Do you criticize every new thing because it makes you uncomfortable? Because 
you're out of your comfort zone, you become vulnerable. If that's you, I want to encourage you to you need to go before the Lord and you've still got some breaking God wants to do in you because God wants to make it where you are completely vulnerable before the Lord and you're able to say, God, whatever you lead, that's what I'm going to do. Whatever you tell me to do, that's where I'm going. I'll let go of whatever. I'll grab hold of whatever. I'm not holding on to anything I just won't let go of. I want us to look at Joseph's story now. <laughs> we, we always look at Mary, right? In fact, I was looking last night. I never even paid attention to the fact that Joseph isn't in the main Christmas story we read in Luke, right? Um, so, I mean, his story, his, his, the major part of his story. And we don't talk about his story very much, but he's, this, he's a great illustration of change and responding to change and the disappointments you can go through in change and how God can interrupt your world and how we have to be ready to go into it, right? So I want to just look at a couple of the things here with Joseph. Um, you know, uh, as y'all remember, Joseph is the husband of Mary, right? And uh, we're going to see that God brought a huge change in his life. And it was very abrupt. It's like, it's out of nowhere. It sort of shocked him. It started with confusion and despair. Do y'all re realize that? Do you ever think about that? Joseph's amazing new season started out with despair and confusion, right? And a dream came and gave him direction of what he's supposed to do. But even then, he had to be willing to change to get into it. All right, so I want to just read this story here, and then I want us to look at some points in it. Um, we're going to look in Matthew 1 and verse 18. And I want to encourage all of you, this is the time for you to be getting into the Word and letting the Word get into you. So I want to encourage you there that all of you, on, I'm looking at my monitor. You wonder where I'm pointing down. I should be pointing right there because I know that's where you see me. So I want to encourage you to get into the Word of God. And as I'm talking, and particularly on Sundays, I want to encourage you, you get into this Word. I, I wish you could be here. I wish you could be here. Let me, you know, I was, I was just thinking about this recently. You know, so, so much of the church has, has gone backwards. Um, you know, we have to really work to keep our spiritual lives up. And anyway, I would just want to encourage you to get back into the Word of God, get back into the spiritual things, and begin to put God first. And let that, let that system of seeking God, being in church. If you can't get here personally, definitely be here on Zoom. Don't think it's not important. It's super important for you to be in church. Anyway, uh, believe me, I've been around a long time doing this. People never think it's a big deal. But months down the road, they recognize it was. Um, anyway, let me read this story. It says, now the birth of Jesus, and this is verse 18, now the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Now I like that expression. She was found with child. Do y'all see this as a different um, viewpoint? This is like going, Mary. You're pregnant. What is that big bulging? She was found with child. Are y'all with me? Whoa. That's like, it's discovered now. I mean, 
the shock of that. If, if you were to take that statement and take it outside and put it somewhere else, because we have our pattern of the Christmas story in our minds. She was found with child today. No, she was found with child. Her mom and daddy are going, hey, something's not right. Have you noticed? I mean, Mary. And this is like, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anyway, she was found with child. Now, everybody knows it. People are starting to recognize it. And Joseph, after she was found with child, Joseph, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she'll bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now, I want to make a few points about this story. First of all, um, what God did offended Joseph, right? Um, and I want you to think about this. After Mary's found to be pregnant, what's she going to do? She's going to explain to Joseph. She's going to explain to her parents, right? Hey, Joseph, what happened is an angel came and met with me. And he, did, he said this, and I said this, and this happened. And Joseph's going... Sorry, Mary. Seriously. Mary, sorry. But I want you to think about this. Joseph knows Mary is an honest girl. Joseph has always seen her that way. Right? She, he, she's acknowledged as a godly young girl. She knows the Scriptures. She's faithful in church. She never has presented herself in a bad way you see but not only that when she shares get this the testimony of god is in what she shares did y'all realize that when she's telling him this there's a witness of god in it right so god by the holy spirit confirms truth you remember when jesus even later said i testify to this and so does the holy spirit but you can't hear it you remember he said that? He says, I'm speaking these words, but they're spirit and life. And the, the whole, God's testifying that my words are true. That was happening with Mary. But Joseph couldn't accept it. Right? Um, now, why couldn't Joseph accept it? Well, because it sounded crazy. Right? It was bigger than what his mind could accept. It was different than anything he could imagine. It was not at all what he had envisioned or had been thinking was going to happen. And it was a huge shock. Get this. 
it was a huge shock to him because God had not told Joseph up until this point. God had not told Joseph in advance. God had not prepared Joseph for what's getting ready to happen. So, I want to just make this point right here. For you to go on into the new things that God has, you're going to often have to go past the offense of what those new things represent to you. Because when God does something new, it oftentimes rubs us the wrong way. It rubs our mind the wrong way. We disagree with it. We can't think it's God. God would never do that. Da 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 da. You know, whatever. You know, God's not going to do that, right? It offends us. And we have to be willing to get over that offense if we want to go on with God. That's so common in the scriptures, it's everywhere in the Word of God. And I just want to mention a couple of these little verses. That reminds me of that, or that would remind you of, of how God's done this. Uh, you know, the first person that you'd remember of, about this would be Abraham. Abraham, y'all remember he was promised a child and many descendants. Remember that? So, but guess, guess what's going to happen before it happens? He's going to be offended a few times because God's going to do something that doesn't agree with Moses, excuse me, with uh, Abraham. So, Anyway, he goes for years, for like 13 years, and it's not happening. Then he and his wife, whose name is Sarah, came up with a plan. Actually, Sarah came up with a plan. And, um, you know, what she says, I'll, I'll just read it. It's in Genesis 16. This is her plan after they've waited. At this time, I think they've waited about 13 years. And so 16 verses 1 and 2, it says, Sarah had borne Abraham no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abraham, you know what? The Lord has kept me from having a baby. So if God's kept me from having a baby, there must be some other way. Go into my maid as a concubine Perhaps I'll have children by her. So Abraham did as Sarah said, right? So there it is. And guess what happens? Y'all, I, most of you probably are familiar with what happens. Um, Ishmael is born from Hagar. So here's the son that Abraham has, right? So he has this son. And when I read this story, sometimes I think, why didn't God stop that? Okay, and so he goes 13 years with Ishmael. Now, with Ishmael, listen to this. Abraham has set his heart on him. Now he has formulated in his mind how God's vision is going to come to pass. It's through Ishmael. He's attached to this as this is what God's going to do. This is Abraham's plan because he's figured out how God's going to do it and he's set his heart on that thing, right? 
this is how God's going to do it. This is how God's going to do it. Da, 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 da. Again, so, so Abraham <laughs> did, does this. And um, one day, God visits Abraham and says this. Look, look in chapter 17. <laughs> this is after Ishmael has grown some. He says this. He says, pretty much in chapter 17, he says, um, Sarah is going to be the one that has the child. And in verse 16, I'll bless her and give you a son by her. She shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and said, Shall a child be born to a man who's 100 years old and Sarah who's 90 years old? And, and Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Then God says, No, no. He doesn't mean I'm going to kill Ishmael. He says, No, Sarah, your wife, is going to bear a son. I'll bless Ishmael, he says, but, but the promise isn't coming through him. I want you all to think about this. You see, he set his heart on Ishmael. And here comes God after 12, 13 years, and he says, it's not going to be through Ishmael. Abraham goes, no, no. May Ishmael live. What he's, when he's saying let Ishmael live, he's going, let Ishmael be the blessed one. Let Ishmael be the one that receives the promises. Let him be the one. And God says, no, it's going to come through Sarah. You see what God just did? God changed the path. That, I mean, he, he let Abraham be in that rut for 12 years. That's the craziest thing to me. He let that mindset develop for 12 years. And then he says, after all of that, that's not the one. That's just amazing to me. Why he didn't tell him in, at the beginning or tell him before Ishmael happened. Hey, don't go with Hagar. And then after Ishmael, he said, that's not the one. You're getting your heart in the wrong place. No, 12 years later, he says, you got to let go of that. That's not my, my dream. And you see, sometimes we get connected to something that we think is God's dream, but that's not it. We thought it was it. Uh, we looked at it. We embraced it. We, we were thinking, oh, this is God, da, 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 you know, whatever. And, and after a while, we, God <laughs> wants to bring us into something else. And guess what we have to do? We have to painfully let go of the part that God says, that wasn't part of it. That's not right. To grab hold and do things that God wants us to do. That's what he had to do. He had to let go of what was blessed which was Ishmael. God says he's blessed him. What was his heart was connected to? It was his vision. God says, I'm going to do it differently than you thought I was going to do it. And that is so amazingly common in life. God often and so regularly ends up doing what he's going to do extremely differently than the way we thought he was going to. So you need to just be willing to change, willing, willing, willing to change, willing to see the new things that God has. So uh, then if you were to go on, you know, you, you see, um, you know, after time, 
after Isaac had been born for a while. Isaac is the child that came from Sarah. After Isaac had been born for a while, um, you know, you got this story and uh, where some, there's some conflict at home. So I want you to get this picture of what's happening now and look at the change that Abraham's going to have to embrace. So they're, they're at home and you've got um, Isaac who's growing up. He's just been weaned. Ishmael is still in the house, but there's some conflict and it bothered Sarah, the mother of the new promised child, Isaac. And um, she's concerned about the way Ishmael and his mother are in, in the family there. And um, Sarah uh, said to Abraham in verse 10 of chapter 21, cast out this bondwoman and her child, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was, I wish you all had your Bibles right here. The matter was what? Very what? To Abraham. Displeasing, distressing. Okay, so look at this. Look where we are right here. Sarah has said, get Isaac out of the house. And it says, just the thought of what she's saying is extremely distressing to him. It's offensive to him. It rubs him the wrong way. He's upset about it, right? So um, what does he do? He goes to God. And when he goes to God... What's God going to tell him? God says, don't, be, don't let this be displeasing in your sight. Don't be offended over this. Don't be upset over this. What, he says, whatever Sarah said to you, listen to her. Wow. Now, I want to just mention here what's going on. Abraham is so attached to seeing things happen a certain way. Ishmael and Isaac are going to grow up together. My children in my home, da, 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 you know, whatever. Oh, etc., etc. And then, and then Sarah says, get Ishmael out of here. Abraham's going, woman, you are way too emotional. This is wrong. This is not. God, you remember the last idea you had is all not. Uh, this is not God at all. He was so upset. He was distressed at it. You know why? What she said was offensive to him. And what the amazing thing is, it was the will of God, but it rubbed him the wrong way. It so offended him. He couldn't hear it. And there we have it again. He had to have something happen where we could, where he could hear God, you see. But, but with him, and by the way, does that not remind you a little bit about Mary and Joseph? Right? Mary, Joseph wouldn't hear Mary. Oh, that's got to be wrong. But she was right. Abraham won't hear Sarah. Oh, she's got to be wrong. No way that's right. But it was right. Why? Because what God was doing was offending their minds. But in both cases, in both cases, 
God showed up and let them know what his will was. He gave Joseph a dream. What, when did he give Joseph a dream? It says he gave him a dream when he was thinking about it. It says when Joseph was thinking about it, figuring it out, mulling it over before God, he goes to sleep and God gives him a dream when he's thinking about it. You see, when you bring things before God, God will speak to you. When you want to know what to do, when you're asking for direction, when you want to obey God, God will direct you. And here's Abraham. Guess what it says? He goes and he meets with God and God tells him, listen to your wife. Wow. And in both cases, these men did just what God told them. It rubbed them the wrong way. It offended them. They didn't like it. But then the word came to them because their hearts were right and they were willing to make that turn. Let me just say this. In life, you are going to be offended at certain things God does, how God does it, what happens. And at that moment, you need to go before God. You need to be willing to do whatever God says. And I guarantee you, if you are willing, if your heart is right, God will lead you out of where you are thinking wrong into the new place where you're aligned with what God wants you to do. But you've got to be willing to be flexible. You've got to be willing to change your plans. You've got to do things differently, perhaps, than what you thought you were going to do. It just has, it has to happen. So we see here that that happened. Now, I want you to think about Joseph's experience and the, the difficulty of the experience just for a moment. You see... You know how we were talking about how God didn't tell Abraham all these years, and then all of a sudden, okay, it's not going to be Ishmael. It's going to be another one, right? And then, so it's like God didn't tell him. God didn't prepare him. He had to be willing to make that change, right? So similarly, for some reason, God did not tell Joseph what was going on. Now, I'm just thinking with Mary, at the very beginning, Mary had to go, God, maybe Joseph won't even marry me. I just, but I serve you first. If, if, I, if he doesn't want to follow along and I lose him as my husband, okay, God, I surrender anything, right? But then as she's pregnant, she's probably going, oh, God will tell him. And she's probably praying, God, tell him. And the time keeps going on. God, please tell him. The time keeps going on. God, please tell him. God, please tell him. And now she starts showing and she's found to be with child. And he's like, sorry, Mary. I mean, she's got to be devastated, right? But, but she's probably prepared. And she says, Lord, I said I'd do whatever you said, and I'm willing. So he's like, I'm going to put her away. You know, I, no, no, Mary. I'm, I mean, I could imagine if they were just had their one-on-one, that must have been one in, in, interesting conversation. I wish, you know, I'd be lo- I, I'm looking forward to seeing that one in heaven, right? That conversation. And so um, God has not told Joseph yet. Why? I personally believe one of the reasons is because it was a test to Joseph. I believe he was testing him, but I want to mention just for a minute about, I want you to think about this. Y'all ever think about the pain that Joseph was in, in that scripture? Think about the pain. I mean, he's been dreaming about getting married. That's the big decision in life, right? He's been dreaming about getting married and he got Mary and his, her family to agree with it. He's so excited. 
Mary's a woman of God. So many of the other men, young men would love to be with Mary. He's dreaming of his future with her, of having that home. He's dreaming of the time when they will finally be together. And oh, he's, he's so excited about this. He's thinking about her all the time. They've done things right. They've not touched each other physically or sexually. I mean, she is the perfect girl right? They're going in the same direction. He's going, God must have put this together. Oh God, thank you for this girl. Oh, I'm so excited. God, and I know I felt you brought me to her. I felt God, you did this. And then one day he finds out she's pregnant. I want you to put yourself in Joseph's shoes and feel the devastation and the pain that this man felt. Why God allowed that to happen that way, I just don't know. But he did. This man had so much pain. Uh, he probably couldn't believe it at first. This is so surreal. You mean Mary? What? Mary's pregnant? What? I can't believe that. No, no, no. Da, da, da. And he goes and sees, wait a minute. Oh, no, she is. I can't. This is unbelievable. You see, he, he had to. He was trying to come to grips with things and he was thinking this. Here I am, I have been cheated on. And not only that, now I'm being lied to. Wow. I mean, that's just, that's the, the pain that Joseph must have been going through was intense, okay? So it says this, you know, Joseph, this is, Matthew 1, verse 18. Joseph, being a just man, not wanting to make a public example to shame her, to highlight what she did, had decided to put her away secretly. Now, if he had wanted to justify himself, if he would wanted everybody to see what she did, if he wanted to get back at her, because he felt so bad for what she did to him or what he thought she did to him, what would he have done? He'd have told everybody. He would have shamed her. He might, he would have had her up for public because that makes him feel vindicated, makes him feel better about himself. As he is, he feels so humiliated. But guess what? He's a just man. And see, you got to connect this scripture because he says he's a just man and wanted to put her away secretly. We think of just as justice. Hey, let's have justice. She needs to be stoned. But just actually has a lot to do with being righteous and doing what's right. Okay? This verse is written this way for you to understand that because he was a just man, he ended up deciding to put her away secretly. Do you know that is a huge step of grace for this man to do in the situation that he's in. What did he do to do that? What did he do to not show her to everybody, to not go defend himself? This wasn't me. This wasn't me. That it, you know, whatever. He had to walk in mercy and say, I'm going to put her away secretly, right? And what did he have to do to do that? He had to forgive her. Okay, could y'all see that? She's done him wrong in his mind. 
He has to forgive her and let go of the offense, not try to take vengeance himself, not try to find out what man it was, not get into all of that. He lets it go in all the pain that he's in, feeling humiliated, having the worst day of his life, you know, or week of however long it took. He's going, God, why is he doing this, by the way? He's a just man. He's going, God, I give this to you. I'm going to put her away. I forgive her, God. I let go of that. And it mentions this right before, and he's thinking about it right before it says he goes to sleep and God speaks to him. And then God tells him, look, he decides to forgive. And then God speaks to him about what he's supposed to do, the next thing he's supposed to go into. That is so illustrative to me of going into a new season. How many people get stuck in their last season because somebody did something to them or they think they did something to them and they will not let go of it? Sometimes, most of the time, God will not talk to you about your future, about where you're going, about what you're supposed to be doing until you let go and forgive whoever has done you wrong. And when you walk through that process, which I believe God allowed this to happen, and this was a huge, amazing thing that Joseph did right here. He forgave. He let go. He walked in righteousness. And when he did that, God says, now I'm going to reveal something a lot bigger to you that I was holding back on you until you went through that process right there of forgiveness. And then he tells them, he tells them exactly what's getting ready to happen. He tells them what happened. He explains everything. So after forgiveness, boom, the light comes on. And that's so true. I've seen, I've worked with so many people who have unforgiveness. All they could see is everything one way. And you're just like, hey, if you'd forgive, you'd begin to see things differently. If you'd forgive, you'd be so free. If you can go on with your life. Uh, you begin to have a new vision. If you just forgive people that have held you back, that have done you wrong but they won't let go of it and they live miserably. And those people that do make the, the step of the forgiveness, boom, it's like their whole world begins to change. Sometimes they have to work through it for a few days. God, I forgive that person. I forgive them. I forget, you know, Lord, I'm not going to hold on to it. Lord, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to try to shame them. I'm not going to try to publicly make them look bad. I'm not going to try to defend myself and make me look good. I'm just moving on. I'm going to let go of it. Da -da -da. But you know what? When that's over, it's an amazing work that it does in somebody's heart. And it brings them into alignment with what God has for them. Now, I just want to share one other little thing with our time here that I, I do think is interesting. You realize that um, God, that, that uh, Joseph forgave her for something she didn't do. You think about that? Joseph forgave her for something she didn't do. This means to me, she didn't ask for forgiveness. Is that true? Mary wasn't going, Joseph, forgive me for being pregnant. Forg she didn't ask that. As a matter of fact, Joseph, is, he's convinced she's done some funny things there she shouldn't have done. First of all, she's not asking for forgiveness. She's not... In fact, she's come up with what is in his mind a crazy story. Right? And he forgives her anyway. 
I just wanted to say that, that sometimes you think if somebody were to ask me to forgive him, it'd be so much easier. Mary didn't ask him to forgive him, uh, to forgive her. She came up with what he thought was a crazy lie. And he still forgave her. And he let go and says, you know what? I don't even understand that. This is so irritating, ag- agitated. I can't believe what they're saying. Now, some of you might be listening to me and you know somebody's been lying to you. You see what I'm saying? I'm just saying here, that's what he thought. He thought they were lying. He thought that she had cheated on him and was not even asking for forgiveness. He stepped up and he goes, I'm going to forgive anyway. I just think that's just an amazing story. You know, so you need to forgive to be able to go on with what God wants you to do. And another thing you need to to do is you just, you need to do, whether it's forgiveness or whatever, you need to do what God wants you to do right now before you can go on to your next season. You see, it didn't seem like a big deal to him. I mean, it was a horrible thing. Uh, he wrestled with it. He decided to put her away. I don't think that was an easy decision. But he came to that because god that was God's will. Do y'all see that? And you see, he wrestled with God and he made that decision. When he made that decision, the next thing happened. And so maybe for you, it's forgiveness. You know, maybe it's something else that God's leading you to do. Whatever God's telling you to do right now, it might seem like the smallest thing. Doing that is the key to the next big thing that God has for you. Do you see what I'm saying? It's the little things that God, that we do, that God goes, I see that. And now I'm going to bless you with the next thing that's in front of you, right? You remember this little the parable where Jesus, where, where Jesus was sharing about being faithful with little, it says he's impressed when somebody's faithful with something small, right? He goes, you've been faithful with something small. It never says he's, faith- he's impressed when you're faithful with something big. But it says he watches when you're faithful with something small. And he says, if you've been faithful with that, wow, now I'm going to bless you with something big. If you'll be faithful with whatever God's telling you to do, it might be simple discipline your life begin to pray be faithful in church you know commit your life to him if there's some area of sin in your life there's no question you need to deal with that before you can move on i've shared with y'all this crazy story that i've met a banker one time and when i got to, to to talk to the banker he goes oh you're a pastor he goes i am so glad you're here this must be god he says, I need to know the will of God for my life. And I can I ask you a question? I said, yes. I said, it's like, I'm living with this girl. And we're living together. But there's another girl I'm starting to like a whole lot. And I just, I want to know God's will. How do I know if I'm supposed to stay with this girl? So you're sleeping with this Yeah. Oh, yes, we're, we're living together. Da, 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 da. But this is this other girl I'm starting to like a whole lot. He asked me. And I'm in this world where I think he's joking, but he's not. He says, I want to know God's will. And I said, I exactly know God's will. It's amazing. Right? And I said, the will for God right uh, for you right now is for you to pull out of that relationship and live right. 
to live pure, to live clean, to live holy. And then God will direct you and who's the right person for you. But he didn't want to hear it. He thought that was crazy. Well, wow. You know, but it's so true. How many times we're wanting direction for something way out there and God's like, uh-uh, I'm not going to give you that until you deal with what I'm telling you right now. You deal with what I'm dealing with you right now and watch. Then I'll tell you about, about that at the right time. Amen? Deal with what God's dealing with, whatever it is. You might have great plans for your future. You'll never get to where God wants you to get if you're not dealing with what God is dealing with you on. Amen? Oh, Father, we thank you for today. We pray bless us. Bless our lives. God, please lead us. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we go through so many trials and crazy th things. And Lord, it's like you have twists and turns that you're going to surprise us with one day. We, we know that. God, we know things aren't are very often don't, don't turn out the way we think. You, you like to bring change. There's something in the process. We know we have to do always what you lead us. And we have to do it when you lead us to do it. So God, I just pray right now that there'd be a supernatural grace on everybody listening today. Lord, maybe people are in different, different areas. You're dealing with different things. Maybe some people need to forgive today. Maybe there's some others, God, that have been discouraged uh, for one other reason. You know, who knows why? I just pray, Lord, today that there would be a grace of God uh, upon each person to, to know, God, what do you want me to do in my situation? How do I need to respond? Abraham went to the Lord. Joseph was mulling it over, wrestling with God and thinking it through and praying before the Lord. And Father, here we are today, Lord, and we're turning our attention not to try to figure it out ourselves, but to say, God, what do you want for me to do now? What's my next step? Um, where are you wanting to fine-tune me? What do I need to let go of? What do I need to take hold of? Lord, make me a very flexible person, willing to do your will, willing to let go of what I've been holding on to so tightly, willing to grab hold of something that's just completely new. Help me, God, to know and help me to walk it out. Give me grace, God, so that I'll be ready with all the new things you got for me in this new season. In Jesus' name, amen.